0: Got your handouts with you, go ahead and grab the insert that's in there. I always encourage you to bring your Bibles, get them out if you'd wish. We're going to spend some time this morning on our third installment of our Daniel Plan series. You know, we're taking time each week to uh, bring to the surface, bring to the forefront some of God's principles that will lead us and direct us in this uh, series. And today, We're really not just talking about food, we're not talking about fitness, we're not talking just about uh, those things. We're really zeroing in on faith and setting faith-based goals, faith-based goals. Are you a faith-based goal setter? Here's a chance. Let's talk about it. In fact, let's drill into what are godly goals. Let's look at two things, two things. First, let's talk about why set goals in faith. And number two, let's talk about how to set faith-based goals. Okay? So quick, a quick five points in each of those. A quick five things to say why set godly goals and then to say how to set godly goals. You know, one of the, a really famous uh, counselor and psychologist... He he was asked, of all the things you've done in 40 years, what's the one thing that you would consider the most effective and helpful for people? And he answered right away, without hesitation. He said, the one thing I've done to help people is to help them set personal goals. To help them set personal goals. It wasn't the listening that comes with counseling quite often. It wasn't the instruction that happened. It was helping people to set personal goals. You kind of go, well, why? why would that be so helpful? Because most people, most people on the planet, most Americans go through their entire life without a goal, without setting personal goals. And they run aimlessly. <laughs> and they falter. And they struggle. And they wonder why. And God has established for us to be a goal-setting people, can kind I of go? What? Are you sure, Pastor Bruce? Are you sure, God? Won't? Let's talk about that. In fact, first thing to put down on your on your sheet, in terms of why do you set personal goals, is because goal setting is a spiritual discipline. Just like getting on your knees and praying is a spiritual discipline. Just like getting into a devotional life and reading God's word every day is a spiritual discipline. Just like stewarding your funds, your money, is a spiritual discipline. Setting goals in your life based on God's plan for you is a spiritual discipline. And the more you focus on God's plan for you, his goal for you, and what he has called you to, the more energized and secured and strengthened you're going to be in your spiritual life. The more you'll find victory at the very points he wants you to find victory. Okay. In fact, if you think about it, God is a goal setting God. Kind of go, what? Come on, does God set goals? Yes. According to the Bible, God sets Goals. Look at this verse. God plans. In fact, just circle those two words together there. God plans. Did you realize God was a planner? (laughs) I mean, your personality type is a bit more of a planner than someone that just spontaneously goes through life. How many planners do I have in the room? Nobody? Anybody else have a... Okay, he's kind of a planner. Good news and bad news. God is a planner. (laughs) He sets goals. Okay, that's why when we set goals, we are closer to being like God. We are being God-like when we set goals like he sets goals. Okay, since God plans, let's read this. God plans to bring all of history to its what? Its goal. Who set that goal for history? God did. (laughs) All of history has a goal that God set. And God plans to bring all of history to its goal in Christ. In Christ. <clears throat> God is a goal setter. Then Christ will be the head of everything in heaven and on earth. Did you realize that's God's goal? God's goal is that his son, Jesus Christ, would be declared Lord of heaven and of earth. He says, every knee will Bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you know when God sets a goal? He's going to hit it. Okay? It's going to happen. God doesn't make mistakes when it comes to setting goals. He he, he plans to bring all of history to its goal. Now, for all of us and the people we know, we can encourage them to bow before the Lord now. Now. Voluntarily. So they don't have to do it involuntarily down the road. We can encourage them to confess Jesus Christ is Lord and to live like Jesus Christ is Lord now voluntarily because one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's God's goal. Setting goals is a godly discipline. It's a spiritual Now, some people would contrast spirituality as being, it's spontaneous, I just let the Lord lead. And others would say, well, I have to do it all myself. And it's neither of those is, is, is the truth. We direct and set goals with God's leadership, with God's blessing, and we adjust to what he brings into our life, and so we spontaneously live out The meeting of those goals. Is that making sense? It's not, well, if I'm going to be a real spiritual person, I won't set any goals. Just the opposite. If you're going to be a real spiritual person, you're going to pray and fast and ask God, what's he want for you in the future? What's his plan and his goal for your uh, future? God has goals. God has set goals and he expects us to set godly goals. Um, It's a reflection of who God is. When we set goals, it's us being in the image of God, and it's an act of faith. It's a spiritual discipline. Let's take this one real quick. Number two, goals are not only a spiritual discipline. They focus our energy. They focus our attention. They focus our energy. I mean, some of you know this from... uh, I'm taking light. Um, Let's see. Daniel works at a place where they take water. And don't they take water and concentrate the energy in that water so they can actually cut metal with water? How? Focus. Restriction. Focus. It's focus. We do that with light. We can cut metal with laser. That's not diffused light. Concentrated, concentrated, concentrated. So much... That's what what goals do. That's what goals do. They bring the power to bear in a concentrated way. What is your goal in Christ? It will focus your energy and focus your attention from, I hope God grows me somehow, to I want to see God do this in my life. I want to see this change this year in my life. I want to see this improvement. I want to see my marriage grow here. I want to see these relationships develop. I want to see my church. I want to see these people brought to Christ. That focuses your energy, okay? It's a godly discipline, and it's a focus of your energy. The Apostle Paul says in Corinthians 9, I do not run without a goal. I don't run without a goal. (laughs) I fight like a boxer who is hitting something, not just the air. Have you seen a boxer? Just miss everything and just hit nothing and fall over? You know? Boxers are meant to hit something. You know, we're meant to hit a goal. <laughs> Have a goal in mind. Run with a goal. <laughs> I was telling our, one of our small groups, I've got this goal, since I got this stinking watch, I've got this goal to do 10,000 steps or five miles a day. It's irritating because it tells me exactly where I'm at. You know, and I'll pull in the driveway, I'll pull in the driveway And it'll say 7,000 or whatever. It's like, I don't even go in the house. Because I know if I go in the house, kick my shoes off, and say I'll walk later, I won't do it. I mean, that's just me. (laughs) What I've got to (laughs) do, Lydia goes, why is your car here? You're not even here. Well, I'm out walking. Okay? Because I've got a goal. I want an active lifestyle. An active lifestyle is defined by 10,000 steps or more per day. That's five miles. I want to be in an active lifestyle. Now, I love walking. It may not work for everybody, but that's one thing that works for me. And I notice when I'm exercising, when I'm walking, my weight is easier to control because there's energy going out. That's my goal right there. I don't walk without a goal. Okay? Now, whatever your goal is, that's a real simple one because it's so easy to illustrate on physical terms. What about you spiritually? What is your goal spiritually, and what's your focus of your energy spiritually? How is it that you want to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ? How is it that you want to uh, grow as a servant of Jesus Christ? How do you want God to use your life in the next decade? How many people do you want to bring to Christ every year? Do you want to see someone come to Jesus and love him because of your influence, at least in part? Is that one of your goals? Are there family members that you've listed and said, I want to concentrate my energy, not just, well, I hope someday they follow Jesus, to I want this year, 2019, to be a year I introduce them to the Lord and his love. Powerful. Powerful. It will concentrate... (coughs) Excuse me. It will concentrate your energy. It'll help you change from the... uh, Important from the urgent. You know, there's always a war. The tyranny of the urgent. Have you heard that? The urgent things in your life are always begging you for time and energy and focus. And often they steal from the things that are the most important. You get down to the end of a year and you go, well, I had all these crises that took all my time. It was urgent that I deal with them. And I did nothing with the things that are most important to me. You see, when you, when you set a goal... You're focusing on the things that are important to you and hopefully the things that are important to God. Okay, I want to take those things that are important to God and supersede, superimpose those over and above the urgent. If you put those things first, if you put those things as a goal, you're more likely to get those accomplished than to just be constantly putting out fires in the urgent category. You following me? Look what he says. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good In these evil days. See, Paul had a goal, and he encourages us to have a goal. You know, you don't have to do everything. Isn't that good? Isn't that comforting? God doesn't expect you to do everything. That's not his goal for you, to do everything. Everything's not worth doing. But some things are worth doing. And he wants you to focus your attention Focus your heart on those goals, on those things that are worth doing, worth committing yourself to. Make the most of every opportunity. What's every opportunity? It could be a year. It could be a month. It could be a week. Incrementally, focus your goal to the smallest available portion. I was talking about how much per week you want to do. Or in my case, how many steps per day you want to take. Take it down to that's an opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity and prioritize the important versus the urgent. And what is it that is important to God? See, goals will keep you on track for where God wants you to be. Now, goals will stretch your faith. Jot that down, number three. Goals will stretch your faith. Not only are they spiritual discipline, and not only will they focus your energy, they will stretch your faith. See, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists, but also that he's a rewarder of those who honor him. He's a rewarder of those who follow him. He's a rewarder of those who put their goals in line with his goal for us. You following that? He will indeed, and it will stretch your faith. So i got to ask you, what in your life right now is a goal that's a stretching, a stretching goal where you'd say, if God doesn't help me, I'm not going to get this goal accomplished. If God's not in it, then it ain't going to happen. What is it that you're setting as a goal that says, I need God's help? For some of you, you're raising kids. You're going...
1: God, I need you as a
0: parent. For some of you, you're raising grandkids, and you're really saying, God, I need you. I wasn't made for this. You know, For some of you, your kids are raising kids, and you're raising your kids who are raising kids, and you're going, Lord, I really need your help. <laughs> yeah, how many can relate to that, huh? You know? Where is it that your goal, your goal is a faith-stretching goal? What are you taking a risk for? Anything? Now 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 catch this. If it's not risk taking, if it's not faith-based, someone would say that it's it's sin. Here's the passage from Romans 14. Everything that does not come from faith is what? Oh my gosh, why'd he put that in there? That means I've been sinning all week because I've been doing a lot of stuff that has no faith involved. It's just routine. You know? What he wants us to do is focus on those things that come from faith those things that come from faith. Now, a lot of what we do routinely could be from faith if we associate it, if we bring it in line with that, okay? Everything we do needs to be from faith. That stretches us. That expands our heart and our energy. You see, um, every goal I set can be a statement of my faith, okay? Lord, Based on your strength, here's where I plan to be in a year. Lord, with your help, here's where I hope to go. Lord, with your blessing and your leadership, I plan to lead these people to a relationship with you. What is it that you're trusting God for in your marriage, in your job, in your relationships, in your, in your spiritual life? What is it you're trusting God for in, in, in your heart? Set, stretching, stretching. Now, how do you do that? Well, we're gonna talk more about that in a little bit. But basically, what's your dream? What dreams has God placed in your life and in your mind and in your heart? I don't just mean the dreams you have at night. I mean the dreams that are deeply placed inside your heart. See now what you take a dream out of your heart, you hold it, and you set a deadline on that dream, or incremental deadlines, and you say, This is my dream that I believe God wants to accomplish in and through me, then you say, by, when? And you say, how? And you begin to put some feet. See, dreams by themselves are good, but if you don't put some feet to them, they become daydreams. Okay, They just become pipe dreams, wishful thinking. How do they become a goal? A a goal is a dream with dates on it, with, with parameters on it. Okay, that's what a goal really is. Now, a resolution might be similar to that, but usually resolutions are just wishful thinking. When you take a resolution and put a date and some incremental things, and put some accountability to it, that's something we're going to talk about next week, accountability with that. You say, by the end of these 10 weeks, I pray blank. This is my goal. This is my dream with a deadline. And it should be... Uh, stretching, stretching us. According to your faith, it will be done for you. Uh, yeah, God's hope that we would be stretching our faith. Let's take this one. Goals build character, and God is more interested in your character than He is in your comfort. Okay, you know isn't God's more interested in your character than your comfort? The thing that you get to take with you to heaven is your character. Okay, The thing that you shape here and now that translates to eternity is your character. That's why God is directly and intently desirous of you becoming like Jesus. He wants you to dwell in heaven with him forever in a Christ-like character, in a Christ-like fashion, with Christ-likeness. That's why he said, I'm going to build your character and I'm going to do it Through goals. Through goals that you set and goals sometimes that get accomplished, sometimes that need to be reset. Notice what Paul says. I do not claim that I've already succeeded or I've already become perfect. I keep striving, striving, striving toward the goal which Christ has won me to himself. He's going toward the goal. Toward the goal. Now don't, don't misunderstand this. We don't Earn our salvation by striving, but we become more like Christ as we put these goals into action in our lives. We don't earn our salvation. We are children, brothers and sisters, children of God by His grace, by His mercy. We don't earn it. But what happens is when we put feet to our goals, we become more like Jesus. And that's His goal for us, that's His plan striving toward the goal for which Christ has won me to himself. What was the Apostle Paul saying? He wanted to become like Jesus. The the reason God left you on this earth, the reason God left you on this planet, the reason you're not yet in heaven is so that your character can become more like Christ, can become more like Jesus. In fact, here's uh, here's the verse that would say that. Then we will be mature just as Christ is. And we will be completely like him. If you want to know what God's goal is for you, (laughs) there it is, Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness. So you can look at your character and say, based on, my character is way out of line with Christ-likeness. What's his goal? To bring it into compliance. Bring it into Christ-likeness. To shape you and mold you and me into the likeness of, Of Jesus. So you might say, boy, here's here's, here's a generality that's not a goal. I really need to work on my anger. Okay? That's good. What if you said, I'm going to take an anger management class in February? That's a different, that's a a goal. Not just, I hope to work on my anger someday. Too general. Okay? When you say, I want to bring my anger into compliance with Christ likeness. Maybe you're looking at your marriage and you're going, you know, we're way out of whack. We're not where we need to be as a marriage at all. I want to bring my marriage into... So there may be some steps. There's a marriage enrichment coming up. I'm going to take the marriage enrichment. Uh, so that's something you can do to, to bring it. I'm going to go on a date night every week with my wife or my husband. We're going to take some time. We're going to work on our marriage. Every week makes it then not just a dream. I want a better marriage. It makes it a, a goal. We're going to have a date night every week. That's measurable. That's something you can test. And your mate can too. (laughs) You know? Hey, we missed this week. What's up? Hop in the car, let's go. You know? Take some time to be to bring your character into alignment with Christ's likeness. You'll be completely like him. Is that your vision? It's God's vision. Is that your goal? It's God's goal. Can you adopt God's goal for you in becoming? more like Christ. The goal is for you to be like Jesus. If you want to look at the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, look at those items and say, God's molding each one of those so you'd be more like Jesus. Because Jesus fully represents every one of that fruit, every one of those elements of that fruit. Last one. Goals give you hope. Goals, build your character. Goals, give you hope. You know, they did some studies of um, people that survived the Nazi war camps, Nazi concentration camps. Very few survived, but of the ones they did, they did a study to analyze why did some survive and some didn't. And an amazing thing evidenced itself and surfaced that those who survived in almost every case had something to look forward to. They could take same family members, and where in one case the family members saw their parents and the rest of their family exterminated, they lost hope, and they didn't survive. Others who didn't know that the family was gone were still holding out hope. And they actually survived because the hope drove them forward. In some cases, they had a photograph. They had a photograph of of grandma and grandpa, and that was their hope that drove them forward. You kind of go, we can't survive even in this world without huge doses of hope, and that's what goal setting does. We, we, We see God at work, and we say, God, would you accomplish these things? And it brings hope to us. We survive this crazy world we live in. We survive the accidents and the disasters and the disease and the grief and the sorrow and all the stuff we go through, how, why do we survive it? Because of hope. And Goals play a key role in that. Goals play a key role in projecting for us hope in the future, what God is about. The, the uh, Old Testament character Job, you know, he had great life and it all went south when he's in the middle of the ash heap he's got boils all over his body, his family is all dead, his friends are critical his wife's no good (laughs) and uh, here's what he says I do not have the strength to endure I am so worn out, I do not have a goal underline that, I do not have a goal right now that encourages me to carry on. He was hopeless. He was goalless. And therefore, he was strength zapped because he had no, he had no goal. The hope had been. Now, we, what we know is God began to lift his eyes, God began to lift his heart, God began to lift his face into the face that brought hope to him. And eventually, his life turned back around. Turn back around. But in the middle, hope was gone and goals were missing. If you're at a place today, if you're at a spot where you say, I just don't know if I can go on, I need God's strength to endure, let me encourage you. One of the key elements to help you with that is to set godly goals. Godly goals will give you hope. So let me just ask you today what is your goal? What are your goals? Plural. What's your goal for your marriage? What are your goals for your career, your vocation? A lot of people, I just want to retire. There's nothing wrong with a goal of retiring, but don't you want to do something with all that freedom you get from retiring? Have a goal above and beyond retiring. I want to use the freedom financially that I might have in retirement to be a spiritual blessing to those in my life. What is it on your physical health? That's our focus for the next... 30 days what's your focus and your goals for your physical health what do you ask God to change and to bring about in your physical health I want to be more healthy we'll put some dates some weights some measurements some, some fitness goals on that when it comes to your relationships what are your goals if you have no goals you're going to stay the same and if you're coasting you know what happens right Coasting is always downhill, <laughs> right? What The, the guy said, uh, if you aim at nothing, you'll surely hit it every time. You know? And so when you say, I have no goals, you're basically saying, I don't care. And you're, you're also saying, I want it to stay the same. I don't want to improve. I don't want to be any better. And I submit to you today, God wants it to be better. He encourages you to have a, a faith goal and even if it's incremental, that you begin to see little bit by little bit, God use your, your life. You know, if you go to the hospital, you're under some surgery or something like that, it's good to illustrate you have little bitty goals when you first get out of surgery, don't you? Like to sit up in bed, you know, to go to the bathroom, to go to the actual restroom, to walk around the nurse's station, right, Kelly? You know, we're setting incremental goals, okay? Pretty soon, you say to get out of the hospital. That's an intermediate goal. Down the road, you might have a goal of saying, I want to get back to running marathons or half marathons, okay? But you don't set that when you're in bed and need to sit up and go to the bathroom. You know, that's too far, too long, two ways down there, okay? You want to set what's the immediate and then intermediary and then ultimate and long-term goals. So set big goals, set long-term goals, but set intermediate and immediate uh, beginning goals. What can you do this week? What can you do the next 10 weeks? What can you do for this season of your life? Let God bring about, don't don't waste your life. So many people I know. I say there's three categories of people. There's those that are wasting their life. There's those that are spending their life. And those that are investing their lives. Now, there might be some activity that looks very similar in those. A lot of what the difference is between wasting, spending, and investing is the motivation, is the purpose behind, is the reasoning that you're doing it. But eventually they look drastically different. Do you know people that are wasting their life and you just kind of want to shake them on the lapel and say, wake up! God's got something better for you. Do you know people that are spending their lives, and that's what our culture says to do. Live as if there's no tomorrow. Just spend your life. And then there are those. Then there are those. And I hope we're in this camp, in this category, and say, I want my life to count forever. I want my life to count forever for eternity. I want the things I do, both in my character and in my activity, to be something that lasts for the long haul. See, he didn't, make us, he didn't create us to waste our lives or to spend our lives. He created us so we could invest our lives in what really matters. Folks, this life is a temporary testing point. It's a temporary place where we land on the way to our eternal life, Where are you at in setting goals that get you to the investment, that get you to focus on what God's best is for you? Well, I've kind of gone to preaching here. (laughs) Sorry about that. Let me, uh, I think that's frozen up print. Let me uh, shift to uh, not just why set personal goals, but what kind of goals does God bless? What kind of goals does God bless? bless now jot these down, we're going to go real fast we're we're kind of out of time here but goals that bring glory to God that's the kind of goals God blesses jot that one down not every goal is a God goal not every goal is a God glorifying goal notice what it says whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all for the what? Glory of God. Not every goal is a God-glorifying goal, but everything you do can be brought into the God-glorifying category. I mean, some of your most meaningful, uh, meaningless, menial tasks can be God-glorifying. Well, I'm just taking out the trash. You can take out the trash to the glory of God. Okay? You know, moving a, a bed, cleansing a bedpan for a patient you can do that to the glory of God making a meal for your family i'm just cooking dinner wait a minute whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to glorify god everything you do when brought and seen correctly can be in that category so have goals that bring glory to god Not every goal brings glory to God, but everything you do when done properly can be God-glorifying. Any goal that causes you to love Jesus more brings glory to God. Any goal that causes you to be more spiritual and more Christ-like, that glorifies God. Any goal that you've got that causes other people to brag on God, oh, that glorifies God, doesn't it? God's goal for you is this right Uh, motivation you know um, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of God now you might be at a a, a restaurant like some of us were at a restaurant yesterday for the men's breakfast you know and I'm looking through the menu you know what choice is going to glorify God (laughs) but I'm not thinking that you know what I'm thinking (laughs) just like you would be what's going to taste really good I'm I'm like that song said, I'm hungry right now, you know, not for the Lord, for food, you know. And and so it's hard sometimes to to pause long enough to say, no, even though I'm hungry and I'm looking at what tastes good, really the bigger principle isn't what tastes good, but what's going to bring glory to God, okay. So I compromised. Of course, I got the poblano omelet because that tastes (laughs) good, but I got the fruit cup. Instead of this hash browns. No. <laughs> Good choices, right? Right, right, right. No, I'm just trying to be real transparent here, okay? What choices and, and goals honor God? So I want only things to come across this, this palette that glorify God. Now, maybe this is just for a season, but I'm hoping for all of us, it's a lifestyle to commit to that. God, I want to eat food that honors you and that. Likes me back. I want to like food that likes me back and does good things to my, to my physique, my body, my life. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to glorify God. We make it our goal to please Him in every way. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it, we want to please God. Let's do number two. Goals are motivated by love. So goals that honor and glorify God, but also goals that are motivated by love. Catch this verse. Everything you do, everything you do must be done with love. So we already had everything you do should have faith and trust and risk involved, but everything you do, you know, love and risk are ultimately the same thing. Every time you love, it's a risk. Okay? He says everything you do must be done with love. Love, not fear. God's not glorified when you do stuff out of fear. God's not glorified when you do stuff out of pride. Well, I just want to look really buff. You know, that's a motivation that's not godly. Okay? He says, I want you to do it out of love. So what what do you mean love? Love God and love people. Loving God and loving people. Every goal you've got should be connected to loving God and loving people. Everything must be done with love. Not fear, not guilt, not pride. None of those other motivations are good. God's goal, <laughs> His goals are all motivated by love, so He wants our goals to be motivated by love. I mean, look at the cross for a minute. Look at the cross. God's biggest love note. To us, God's biggest act of love was to give His Son, Jesus Christ, out of love for us. He was motivated, and His goal was to bring us into a perfect union, a relationship with Him. He did that out of love. He was motivated by love, so He calls on us. By the way, if you're not related to Christ through His cross, if you've never accepted Him, take some time today. It's a good day to commit your life to Jesus Christ, to allow His love to be for you, to have as His child your sins forgiven, your hope in in Him for heaven. Third thing, goals aren't just motivated by love, they are fulfilling God's purposes. Fulfilling God's purposes, whether it's worship, discipleship, fellowship, evangelism, ministry, no matter what the purpose, his goals always help us accomplish his purposes in our life. You know, instead of, like a lot of people do, bowing on their knees and saying, God, I've got this plan, would you bless it? What we need to do is seek God and say, God, I see your plan, you've already blessed, help me walk in it. Instead of asking God to bless our way, what if we seek him? And follow his purposes. Follow his plan. Do not use any part of your body, any part of yourselves, to sin or to be used for wicked purposes. Instead, give yourselves to God and surrender your whole being to him to be used for what? Righteous purposes. That's what his plan is. That's what he wants from us. He says, I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. God wants you to dream some big dreams, to have some huge goals, to, to accomplish his great purposes. Number four, how do we do this? We set goals that are set in faith. We mentioned that earlier, so I won't take a lot of time for this. But um, God has said, without faith it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You need goals that will force you to rely on God. Goals that will um, cause you to trust his power. If you can do it on your own power, then it's just a to-do list. It's just a to-do list. Check them off. What he wants is a, a, a list that's, that's testing, that's trying, that's risking, and that will test your faith by the way life is not a 50 yard dash life is a marathon so set long term goals God isn't just interested in how fast you get these things accomplished but how far you go in your life in your goal last one goals that are achieved by God's power You know, you want to set goals that honor him. They're the ones that he accomplishes, that he brings about accomplishment. They are achieved with God's power. When God steps in with the help and strength and the Holy Spirit, you see amazing things take place. The plan, we plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. You know, you can go to... uh, Amazon and look up self-help books, you'll find hundreds of thousands of self-help books and topics out there. But according to this, only God makes us able to live them. It's not about information. For most of us, it's not needing more information. It's needing God's strength, God's power, God's leadership. So set goals that can be achieved with God's power. Look at this. You will not succeed on your own. You can't do it by yourself. It's not your own strength nor your power, but by God's Spirit that it's accomplished. And one last verse Proverbs 3 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart do not depend on your own understanding seek his will in all you do and he will direct your paths you know many people today i just see a lot of people they're tired they're struggling and i see the answer in this where we can line up our goals with god's goal and sense a direct power surge a direct accomplishment serve, where his leadership is evident and obvious to all. So i got to ask you today, where are you at in setting godly goals? We've talked today about why, and we've talked today about how. Let's stand together and pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word that is so rich in this Uh, arena. Thank you for showing us your love and and your grace. Thank you for pressing us forward and causing us to want to be with you, to want to be like you, to want to be used of you. And so Lord, we pray that as we set godly goals this season, may 2019 be an amazing year of watching you accomplish your will, your goals in our lives. Father, may we set goals that that, that honor and glorify you. May we set goals that stretch our faith. May we set goals that can only be accomplished by your power working in us. May we be a congregation of brothers and sisters that, that spur one another on to love and to good deeds like never before. Help us to accomplish it because of your grace. For which name we pray, the name of Jesus.